Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Sahur Bites. We're going towards the end of Ramadan again and it's always a little nostalgic. I don't know how you all feel but to me this is really sort of the end of the month and it's always a little bit of sweet. I'll be excited to be able to eat again during the day and a little sad that I don't get to have iftar and suhoor with y'all because uh, the suhoor bites have been really fun to do. And this suhoor bite is also going to be really fun to do because I have with me Miyar Hamdan, a multimedia storyteller in both games and films and a little more than just those two. Mayar, welcome. And other. Hi. Hello. Other things. <laughs> yes. Ramadan Kareem and Eid Mubarak in advance. Right. Yeah, we're getting to that point. Yeah, I'm really excited for all the Eid Mubarak posts that get sent on the WhatsApp groups. Oh, you know, oh my God. Like the flowers or like the coffee <laughs> cup or like the birds and the glitter. Right. I'm so excited. The, the flowers are actually sort of a joke in the in the Habibis community. We have a bot that generates a new image with flowers oh every day. <laughs> That's so uh, On our Discord. Yeah, just it was inspired by our auntie's WhatsApp groups. Yeah, exactly. I went on a deep mm-hmm. dive of trying to figure out who makes these. Um, uh, maybe a story for another day. <laughs> did, did you find anything or does this continue to be a mystery? Uh, no, no, I found some. I found a few. I found the apps. I found a few aunts. I found a few moms. And then eventually now I make my own. Wow. Um, and the community really looks forward to it. And by the community, I mean my family's WhatsApp group because they forward that. Right. But you know that like two months later in like a highly messed up version because of all the forwards and screenshots, that, that one will continue into my WhatsApp group. Oh, of course. Listen, uh, good morning and Aid Mubarak posts are forever. They're yeah. really forever. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I take my time making them too. Like I find really bad flute instrumental music of Fairuz sometimes. Mm. It's really, it's really been a joy. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So, so this, this is this is sort of what you do. Kind, I guess, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, kind of. I mean, that's what I do in my free time. But I guess that should tell you. I guess that should tell you a lot about what I do. Right. <laughs> You, you you tell stories. You 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 both. You're you're a storyteller in many ways. I um I, I know you working in games. You you do you work in movies. You work in installations. You also do a lot with colors. I do. It's this little thing called. It's a bad name, but it's fine. Uh, it's this little thing called obsessive coloring disorder. Um, right. Not so much a disorder. If I were to say, maybe my superpower. Um, everything in my life revolves around color. I mean, literally everything. My closet mm-hmm. is color coordinated. My books are color coordinated. My brain is color coordinated. Uh, <laughs> and my stories, a lot of the times, revolve around. Well, honestly, I know this is going to sound really weird, but when I'm writing stories, the first thing I think of is color. Yeah. And then I sort of branch out from that. I, I can totally imagine that. I mean, feel. I guess feelings, moments, everything has a color to it, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, characters have colors to them. So like I'll yeah. think of a, a color and then I'll think, hmm, I wonder what kind of character this color would suit. And then right. and then from there, boom, bam, bam, story. Yep. <laughs> right. 
I have the same thing with cooking for some reason where, I, uh, you know, uh, ingredients have like a color to them. Exactly. I don't have it with anything else, but I have it with ingredients. Precisely. Exactly. Sometimes it's like, sometimes it's literally just about like, oh, this is a great combination of colors. I bet they would taste really good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But also sometimes the color of the taste is not the same as the color of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is always a fun time. That's the thing about colors. They're... Right. they're like a it's a spectrum <laughs> it's it's a really I, I find it a very interesting way i mean i, I know people who have uh, synesthesia where they you know see colors related to numbers or sounds or anything yeah i mean i don't know if i do i should probably get tested but i can tell you that i see yeah i can hear music actually maybe i do i associate <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm not sure um it's not like I see a color when I hear a sound, but I associate color right sounds. I don't know how to explain it. Right. So 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 to your to your work then because you I mean obviously a lot of what you do in in work uh, has a lot of color to it, but color is not necessarily the thing you do. You're you're a storyteller. I am. Yeah. I mean right. color is just a, a central and integral part of that color and color right. research, but but it is first and foremost, about the stories. So like, even if I were to talk about color, to me, each color tells a story. Um, yeah. And yeah, at the heart of it, it's it's really about storytelling. I know this is sort of a boring question in many ways, but can, can, you, tell, can you tell the people listening a little bit about the, the, the work that you do? Sure. Um, I, I mean, I make films and I write video games um, and I work with... Um, video installations um mostly i think the themes that i focus on when i'm writing stories i mean first and foremost i am a big believer in people telling their own stories so mm -hmm. if i hear one more person say give a voice to the voiceless or if one more person comes to like the middle east and tries to tell our stories i might lose it. <laughs> um, I'm a big proponent of like telling your own damn story, but yeah. also giving people the tools to tell their own stories. Yep. Um, and within that, obviously, being Palestinian, being Arab, um, my my stories usually explore, you know, themes of migration and displacement and feminism because I am a woman. Yeah. 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 Uh that um, I mean, you you have a, a a bunch of work that has sort of been on uh, been received really well lately. I think, yeah. Uh, for which congratulations. Thank you. Uh, it's uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's like I'm really excited about it, but I also don't want to be in the limelight. <laughs> right, I can imagine that. Yeah, but it's but I guess it's a I mean it's a really good place to be because like it's every storyteller's dream to be able to explain why they told the story that they did or to like use mm -hmm. that as a platform to raise awareness about something much larger than yourself and your story and the award that you just got. Yeah, yeah. What? Why do you tell your stories? Um, I think. Storytelling, well, a lot like art. Art, I think, exists to create dialogue mm -hmm. about something, right? Like we, we, we look at a painting. I hate it. You love it, but it's it creates a it creates a discussion about something. 
Right. Um, and I think that storytelling functions in the exact same way. Uh, right. It's, it's, and it's, it's really, I think the best stories or like the best films or the best games that you like walk away from with like, oh, what, it, like, it's not like a, oh, what just happened? It's like when I walk away with an experience that's completely different to yours and then we argue about it. Right. To me is success. Yeah. I, I can imagine that. Yeah. For, for, I've always come at stories as in there, there's two conversations, right? The conversation that the, the art, that the art has with the with the person consuming the art or, or experiencing the art, and then the conversation that happens around that experience. I think they're both like equally valuable and wonderful. Yeah, I agree. Very different, but just yeah, it, it's fun to make stuff, isn't it? it is. I think it's. I think it's fun. I think. I mean, it is so great to be able to call your job storytelling because right. essentially what that means is you just get to watch people you just get to observe people you get to listen to them you get to hear their stories and then and then you get to you know fictionalize it and yeah. talk about things from your own lens and from your own experience and at the heart of it it's really just about the human experience mm -hmm. yeah um, which is so chaotic and beautiful. <laughs> and just, it is a chaotic mess, but there's also mundane moments that make up life. And you get to capture all of that with yeah. words and visuals. How did this, because like, I'll be really honest, like most people I know that when they, when they pick a thing, they pick a thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, speaking of chaos, you, you seem to be all over the place with <laughs> how you tell your stories. Like it, it, interdisciplinary multidisciplinary like every disciplinary i don't know how to how to describe you but you find whatever you can do to tell a story exactly i think for me again the best way to describe what i do is the story picks its medium right okay you have your story and then based off of what that story is you can determine would it be best suited for a film would it be best suited for a game so like the game right. that I'm currently working on is a game that explores themes of grief, right? right? We could definitely tell that story as a film. I could definitely show it to you as an installation. But like if I want to give you autonomy, if I really want to show you the non-linearness of grief, what better way to do that than through a game? Right. Do you ever come across a story that you look at and you're like, I don't know how to tell this story. I don't know the medium for this. No. No. Honest, honestly, the, no. That's never happened to me before. What is the wildest sort of medium that you ended up in? Um, hmm. I thought the wildest medium was AR. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a strange place to tell a story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, I thought that that was going to be the wildest medium. Okay, that was definitely the wildest medium. But the funnest medium was children's stories like children's stories. oh that's awesome those are the best because it's basically yeah. really really simplified poetry yeah yeah it's yeah oh my gosh watching little humans is amazing yeah <laughs> it really is oh they're the best yeah no they really are <laughs> it's also just the way they interpret things it's so wonderful 
I agree. And also, like, it's, uh, I, I also, like, if I were to talk about, like, my family, I come from a family of storytellers. Maybe they might not be professional storytellers, but, like, I'm sure a lot of Arabs can relate to this. Um, right. Most Arab yeah. parents are, like, amazing storytellers. Right. Like, oh, yeah, my dad would tell me stories of how he had to walk for, like, 35 kilometers to get one piece of food when I wouldn't eat my plate. Exactly. There you go. My dad still tells me the story about how he was the top of his class, even though I had seen his report card. He was not the top of his class. I'm like, who are you? Like, who are you trying to kid here? <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Arabs are inherently storytellers. They, they really are. Um I mean, also, it, it stems from. I don't want to. I don't want to generalize this to all Arabs, but like I think specifically Muslim Arabs, you grow up reading the Quran, which is truly the most beautiful compilation of stories. They are the perfect right. stories. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's That's true. Just part of uh, our upbringing. Yeah, I also think just like the 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 sort of tradition of of like orally communicating stories is is much larger uh it's a lot more freeform in in many ways than in my western upbringing where it was always sort of tied to something yeah 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 um we agree but also going yeah. back to your earlier question about how i've never come across a story um that didn't that i couldn't find a medium for because oral storytelling also exists so if i'm able to tell right. a story it already has a medium that you know what fair Fair play, fair play. I do want points for that. I don't know where you're yeah, going to no. points, but I want them. Uh, I'll make sure to note the points in the in the description for this podcast. How much mad one me zero? Yeah. Okay. Fair. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of, uh, you, you mentioned something a little earlier, sort of like the mundane, and that there's beautiful in it. Um, uh, in Suhoor Bites, we tend to ask people about their, their favorite memories of, of Ramadan or, or the culture or being in the culture or near Ramadan. Mm. Do, do you have a story? You know, I know this sucks because I'm the storyteller and I'm supposed to be able to tell you a story. But unfortunately, the only thing that's coming to mind is mm. loudness. 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 Just loudness. Like Ramadan back home is so loud. There are so many family members around you and people are yelling because they want to eat and then the food isn't ready, but some of the food is ready and everyone's like, Did it done? Is anything there? Someone's making a joke somewhere and it's just so loud. So loud. Now for me, I'm here in LA. Um and it's so quiet. Right. Uh, and do you miss it? I do. I miss the chaos. Yeah. I miss the chaos. Yep. I miss the loudness. Um, I think my parents hate the loudness because they have this little ritual where they like take two bites and then go walk in the park together. And they've been like doing Aww. it for years. And then they come back and they eat with everybody. But they just leave us in the mess of like right. loudness. Amazing. Um, that is wonderful. Yeah, I think not, nothing is louder than your parents' voice telling you to get out of bed. Oh, my God. Nothing is louder than, did you pray? Everybody yeah. tell away now. You know what I mean? <laughs> my aunt becomes like the general. And she's like, everybody, message now. Yep, 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 yep. No, the, the 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 loudness, yeah, I've never thought of that. But it is true. Ramadan is sort of like a loud... But I think... 
Arab celebrations in in general is loud. So loud, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if I were to say yeah. that, it's it's loudness, and if I were to attach a another uh, sense sensation, it would be smell, right? Like yeah. The house. Uh, someone's usually cooking something, and there's a stew running for like hours. Yep. And and you can just smell it all across your house all day. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. That was for me in Egypt. When I was in Egypt, that was always true because my teta would just start on, she would start on dinner basically right after suhoor. Exactly. And it would go all day. Um, yeah, she, really, she was the queen of her kitchen. Yeah. For sure. There's really, I promise you, there is, like Ramadan has always, and I mean historically, has always been my favorite month of the entire year. Mm-hmm. Other than mm-hmm. you get to be incredibly spiritual you know, you get to really hone in on your relationship, your your spiritual relationships. Um, yeah. And it, other than that, it's it's really just such a beautiful time to come together with your community and with your family. Yeah. Um, and it's loud and it's chaotic and it smells all sorts of different ways. <laughs> you don't sleep, but you also do sleep. And it's just, right. uh, and the dreams are so vivid. I, But like, it's just, it is such a beautiful and treasured time of the year. Same for me. Same for me. Truly is. It's almost over. I know. But it'll be here again next year. And it'll be here so much faster than you can imagine. I know. That's always how it goes, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, we can always keep parts of Ramadan with us in our hearts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It does. <laughs> yeah. If, Everything good about it doesn't have to end, but we just we don't have to go that hard. I know. At least we can. I mean, here in LA, <laughs> I I'm sure you know this. Fasting is so long. <laughs> it really is. It's so long. So like, that's one part of it that I'm like, okay. Close <laughs> <laughs> <Chlas, laughs> enough. We can do without a 16 hour fasting day. Yeah. <laughs> keep all the good bits, but. Like, yep. Yep. Mayara, thank you so much. Thanks so much for being here and for telling uh, telling your story. Is there anywhere if people want to follow you or, or see more of your work where people should go? Yeah, sure. They can uh, follow me on Instagram. And then on Instagram, there's links to everything I have ever made. Um, nice. Where on Instagram do they find you? My name is Mayar Hamdan on Instagram. Perfect. Yeah. Mayara, thanks so much. Thank you. And, uh, thank you so much for having me. No, it was a pleasure. And for everybody listening, um, we, I think there will be one more Suhoor bite before this Ramadan is over for me. If not, Eid Mubarak. And uh, otherwise, until then, salam. Eid Mubarak.